This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Well, look at Toronto and Peel go. You know what? That's a testament to hard work, though. It's already been announced, even though the announcement is not until later today, that Toronto and Peel Region are going to stage three of the reopening. They're joining the rest of the province, with the exception of poor little Windsor-Essex, which has still got a, a daily new infection problem. What do they have, like 25 or 22 new cases yesterday? Yeah, it's amazing that it is still not under control there. I'm not there in Windsor. Maybe you can tell me what it's like. It seems like The Walking Dead, basically what I see on the news, just people wandering around infected. <laughs> just like it. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> somebody tell me. Uh, I'm really not sure. But there will only be one region that is not in stage three. And if you think back to when we all entered stage two, Toronto, Peel, they were a little behind the rest of the province, and then Windsor-Essex was behind them. So really, this is just a timing thing. They want you to have a certain amount of time in Stage 2 before you go to Stage 3. And by and large, I think people are handling Stage 3 well. For those who don't know, in Waterloo Region, where our FM radio show broadcasts out of, they had zero new cases yesterday, Mm -hmm. and they've been in Stage 3 now for a week and a half. Yeah, doing good. Mm -hmm. Zero new cases. And in Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph, that's another region. They had one new case. One. Right. I mean, they're doing pretty well. It doesn't need to be doom and gloom, and yet people are shitting all over it on Facebook. The second I posted this on my Facebook page, I got all kinds of replies about this. Um, here's one. Someone's going to definitely fuck this up. Brampton's, <laughs> Brampton's recent house party is case in point. Someone else says... Okay, whatever. Too much house partying, those fuckers. Uh, all right. Um, that's good news, someone says. Okay, so that's good news. Great. Someone else, can I get my eyebrows done, please? Yes, you can. Yes, that is part of stage three. Um, for those who don't know that are listening right now from one of those regions that are unsure about stage three, yes, indoor dining, gyms, playgrounds. That's a weird thing, too. Uh, indoor recreational activities are allowed. Whether or not they open individually is up to that particular establishment. Movie theaters, yes, but what movies are you watching? Um, services to face. So, yes, your eyebrows, ear piercings, and all that other fun stuff. And obviously, it's all just going to be different, though. It's going to look different yeah you don't have to do it on the down low anymore where you sneak in the back door and ask him not to tell anybody because <laughs> there's certainly been enough of that going on hey listen when it comes to that house party in brampton over the weekend with 200 people i firmly believe everyone that was at that party should be slapped with a thousand dollar ticket and i think that probably the people who organized the party knowing full well it was against the rules should probably get the max hundred thousand dollar fine However, the vast majority of those million people, million plus people in Peel have been following the rules. And I'll be honest with you, I feel bad for Caledon. We really need to redraw the boundaries of where things are done in this province. To me, it makes no sense why Caledon is part of Peel region. 
because they didn't have nearly the problem that Mississauga and Brampton right. did. Yep. But yep. anyway, that's a conversation for after the pandemic. You're talking about Facebook comments. I mentioned this morning that the limit on gatherings increases. It's 50 people indoors can be gathered now, 100 outdoors. Right away, a comment from TJ. 50 people indoors is fake news. I was at a funeral service for my grandma this past weekend. You can have up to 30% capacity. So if the cap is, so the cap is, uh, if the cap is 1,000, you can have 300 indoors. Makes no sense, really, when you can have 100,000 acres outdoors and only 100 people. Uh, TJ, I don't know where to start with how misinformed this comment is, right. but I will tell you, I'm sorry about your grandma. Um, there are different rules for funerals and church services. They have to be at 30% of their capacity, i.e., if that church holds 600 people, they could have around 200 people indoors. However, if you are going to uh, a bar or you're having a house party or something like that, number one, you have to physically distance. You should have a mask on if it's in a public place. And you have to be separated by its physical distancing unless they're in your bubble. That's it. So if you have your bubble of 10 people and you want to be at a function with them, maybe you want to sit indoors at a restaurant. Okay, the restaurant can only have 50 people max, but you don't need to physically distance if you're with people from your bubble. So hopefully that makes things a little more clear. Mm Mm-hmm. Today, the education minister is going to make an announcement in Waterloo about a big PPE donation for teachers. So, (laughs) wait a minute. Okay, so a PPE donation for teachers before we get any official announcement about whether or not kids are heading back to class. So why else would teachers need PPE if kids aren't coming back to class? Am I wrong here? No, you're absolutely right. Listen, I, I, I don't even think it's a discussion anymore. I think everybody assumes that teachers are going to be back in class come September. And even if students aren't back five days a week, i.e. they go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one week, Tuesday, Thursday, the next week, either way, uh, teachers will be there five days a week. That's just the way it's going to work. I noticed the Elementary Teachers Federation is already using their members' money to buy an ad campaign discouraging it before the announcement is even made oh wow <laughs> wow jesus uh, I, I i don't know teachers uh listen the fact that they're going to give you ppe is probably good you don't have to have your own supply of masks and face shields looks like you're going to get that donated it, it doesn't look like you're going to need to have to wear those surgical gowns that they wear in the labs to test the blood for covid or the the mucus, whatever, for COVID. I, I think you're just going to have face masks and um, shields, and that's probably uh, the best you can do. You might even get some gloves. But either way, that announcement is being made this morning in Waterloo. Hockey's back. Yeah. played last night. It was, uh, it was so cool to watch uh, the Leafs. I watched the Leafs game. I know there's a few games that were on, um, and it was so it was it was strange, obviously, but it was also kind of cool. After a while, I don't want to say I got used to the fact that there was nobody in the crowds, but you definitely kind of were just like, you just knew that was the way it is. Hey, this is the way it is. And if we want to enjoy this sport, this is how we're going to watch it. There's a couple of things that were just weird to me because I didn't know this ahead of time until I was watching the pregame show that the Leafs didn't even get to use their own dressing room because they were, the, they were away. They were not the home team, even though it's happening in fucking Toronto. To me, it's so silly to have them not use their own their own facilities that they're used to using. And maybe, sure, there's something to be said for an advantage when you're the home team. So why would they always get that advantage? Because they're always going to be technically at home. 
it's just still stupid to me. And it's also, it's in the middle of a pandemic. I know they're going to clean that. I'm sure that they have great staff. They look like they were doing a great job in between periods, cleaning down the benches and doing everything else. Fabulous. But also, don't you run a risk having teams in and out of that same room? Why don't you just put the Leafs in it and leave them there? There's other really nice spots around Scotiabank Arena. I mean, you know, Scott, you're in there all the time. You know. Yeah, I work for the Toronto Rock, for those who don't know. And part of my job is to wander around the bowels of Scotiabank Arena. Uh, You know, I think it's disrespectful. And if I were Montreal, I wouldn't even want to be in the Leafs dressing room. That's just, it's a sports line that you don't cross. Uh, No, we don't need to be in enemy territory. You give us a dressing room, we'll make it our own. We don't need to see blue and white everywhere and little Leafs up everywhere, even if you did your best to cover them up. Uh, I think the Leafs dressing room should be off limits. It is every other time. Nobody goes in their dressing room unless it's approved by Kyle Dubas or unless they're uh, frontline team staff. So there's that. Same applies to the Raptors dressing room. Nobody goes in there. But they have other dressing rooms in Scotiabank Arena. In fact, the NHL visitors and NBA visitors dressing rooms, uh, those could have been used. And I totally agree. The Leafs, yeah, this is supposed to be a neutral site game that just happens to be play, be being played in Toronto. Maybe they shouldn't, when they're the visiting team, get the luxuries of their home dressing room. Because none of the other teams have their home dressing room. So maybe they do make the Leafs use the visitors one. That's fine. But there's two. There's two. Rather than taking the Leafs out and putting the Habs in, they should have just said, nobody goes into the Leafs dressing room. Nobody goes into the Raptors dressing room. It's rude. It's really rude. And you know what? Habs, I think it's disrespectful that you even took it. You should have said, no, that's okay. We'll use the uh, the spare dressing room back there by the media room. That'll be the good one for us. For example, during an NLL game, that's where the visiting team will dress is in that room right beside the media room i think the Habs should have used that or maybe the leafs should have used that um, but stay out of the dressing room that the leafs use i was i'm 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 loving these posts do you follow casimir i can never say his last name casimir kazakuso kazakuso i, I have no idea who you're talking about okay so he <laughs> is a he is actually he's on the leafs He's uh, basically a backup to a backup to a backup goalie, if I'm not mistaken. But he's actually been blogging, or vlogging, I should say, the bubble. Oh, good. And whether or not he's allowed to, I really don't know, because he seems to be the only one that's doing it. But he also happens to be a vegan. So he was actually one of the people that were more unsure about how this is going to work out meal-wise. And he's been doing a lot of behind the scenes. So Casimir, uh, if you just look up Casimir, K-A-S-I-M-I-R, um, goalie Leafs, you'll find him. If you guys are curious about how, what it looks like inside the NHL bubble for them, he is vlogging like crazy. Like, it looks as though he's got a whole production thing in his computer and stuff. Like, the videos actually look really good. Um, but it is uh, it is interesting. He said it's been very safe. They went out for a team meal the night before, and everything seemed great. Everyone felt safe. So, hey, that's good. I think that's good, too. It seems like the NHL has got a handle on this, and it seems like the NBA does, too. Uh, I I mean, we've heard stories about NBA players breaking the bubble. Okay, well, stop doing that, and you guys will be fine. But, I mean, they just did a poll the other day. 56% of baseball fans now think that they should probably end the baseball season before somebody gets sick and dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty bad, Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 56%. 35% want them to keep going, and 9% are unsure. Guys, baseball, you got to figure out a solution here. And to the NFL, dude, you got to stop. 
you're about to follow baseball right into the rabbit hole. Don't do that. Yeah, this is, well, they, they both have the same thing in common, right? Where they're allowing teams to come in and out. And that, that seems to be the biggest issue here. And that might be the leak. That might be the thing that fucks everybody up. Travel because, on planes and in yeah, hotels is not yes. helping. Well, what if, I'm sorry, can we just clarify what is the number one, like, link basically to people getting coronavirus? It's through traveling. Travel. Yes. So they're basically doing that constantly. And the NHL has it down pat with the bubble. That's great. And basketball as well. They've got their Disney bubble, which just looks great. So as long as nobody screws up, a.k.a. goes to a funeral in a strip club or something like that, <laughs> um, <laughs> the two things you always do together back to back. Uh, anyway, as long as you don't do those things, they're fine. But they just have a completely different formula, and I don't think it's going to be a working formula for them, but they'll, they're going to find out the hard way. I mean, uh, we'll, see how, we'll see how this goes, but I don't know how they're going to be able to sustain it for the entire duration. And let's not forget, we're talking about an, a complete season here, right? So, eh, best of luck. I mean, I do hope for the best. I really do. Um, somebody messaged me on that note, by the way, when we were talking about... Uh, who, who was it? Sorry, it was Lou... Lou. The one who f- fucked off to a strip club. Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Thank you so much. I was almost Clippers. said Lou Anderson. I don't know why. So Lou Williams, they sent a note saying, well, don't you know? And I don't know if this is like, really? You tell me if you excuse this. Don't you know Lou happened to be in that area and the strip club named chicken wings after him? I guess this is why he went to that particular place. So oh, he, he's like a regular it, then. He's a regular at this particular joint and he only went to pick up the wings that were named after him. That doesn't fucking matter to me. Like, it doesn't make a difference to me. No, it's a... a <laughs> it was still a stupid thing to do. And it also, don't, you should know that if it got back that you went to a strip club when you were supposed to be just going to a funeral and heading back, come on. And also, I don't know whose funeral it was. And I feel for you. But funerals are not the same right now. Like, I don't know. I don't know why you would risk it, it at all, to be honest with you, the entire trip. Um, but anyway... That was just someone trying to just make us know all the facts about it. And I said, I don't fucking care. Budweiser has released a new 50 calorie, zero grams of sugar beer. It also apparently has no alcohol in it. What? Well, what I the think fuck that's is- actually the definition of the product nobody asked what for. What is the point of that? Who wants a low cal, zero sugar, zero alcohol beer? That sounds fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm looking at the can right now. It's all silver, and it says zero in red on the can. Okay, so do they uh, tell me, because I'm not too sure. I know Molson does. Do they have an alcohol-free beer? Did they have one previous to this? Oh, cat. I thought they did, right? <laughs> Holy shit, are you asking the wrong guy? <laughs> you want to talk about aisles that I skip at the store. It's the whole alcohol-free near beer section. Okay, so look, the near beers. I know there's the Excels, and there's a couple other brands that are more popular if you're going to do the near beers. My dad, you know, had, had, I I don't know if it was a Lent thing, but he um, didn't have alcohol for a while. So I got to know some of them because he'd bring them to function, so it felt like he was drinking even though he wasn't drinking, okay? And that's all well and good. And I'm glad there's there's those options for people trying to quit or whatever. I didn't. I thought that Budweiser had one already. So this is just a new one. I, yeah. Maybe they're just working on the calorie portion of it and just trying to improve that. I, I don't understand the point of it. I don't. 
I, I, is this aimed at women or is this aimed at people, at alcoholics that are recovering? Because one thing alcoholics love is alcohol. And I, I can't see them going out of their way too much to buy this. I also don't see many of them being fooled. Like if you're thinking, ooh, you know what? I'm going to get that for Uncle Tom because he likes the booze and we want to wean him off a little bit. So we'll get him this and he'll never oh, know the difference. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. I have a feeling Uncle Tom's going to look at that beer and say... What kind of shit are you guys trying to pull here? I bought it once. I bought it once because I was hiding a pregnancy. So only if you're hiding a pregnancy <laughs> or or trying to fuck with someone who is an alcoholic, you're absolutely right. There's a very small amount of people that will actually purchase it. I'm pretty sure if you go to your local grocery store and you go to that near beer section, you're going to have to dust off those cans of Excel before you buy them because I don't think a lot of people do. Some of those are probably the original run that came out <laughs> decades ago. Still sitting there because no one has bought them. You'd think by now somebody would have accidentally knocked them off the shelf just to clear some space. <laughs> Basically. Uh, I've got a couple of um, thoughts on the Wii scandal, and we will get to that. We will get to that coming up in a few. A couple other stories I want to fit in here. The Dior Nike Air Jordan sneakers are available now. You can go to the website. I believe Dior is the one running this sale. You have to sign up and then be selected to be one of the people to buy these shoes. $13,000. Although some resale sites are marking them up as high as $20,000. You might have seen these because Kylie Jenner has got a pair. She's had them for a while and they promised that they would be out soon. Now they are. It was delayed back in April because of the pandemic, and now you can get Dior Jordan sneakers. Would you put something worth $13,000 on your feet? I would never pay $13,000 for something that goes on my feet. Ever. Do I want a car or do I want new shoes? Honestly, hmm. it's so... And I know this is not targeted toward us, so it makes sense. It is targeted toward the richy rich folk or the folks who spend their savings. This to is the what people they do. who are currently in a bubble waiting for their game. <laughs> basically basically it's, it's for people, pro athletes really there are people who have shoe collections and spend their money that's how they spend their money right so whereas you might have bought uh let's say uh, a couple of trips and you uh re renovated your house with that money some people just buy shoes so there will be i understand there's going to be people that are interested i just it doesn't make any sense to me it seems stupid they look like a nice pair of sneakers though like that said they're very lovely to look at. There's nothing wrong with the sneakers themselves. The price point's fucking stupid, though, just because it's tied to two big names. You're absolutely right. Dior can command a big price. And same with Nike, especially when it's under the Air Jordan label. Um, I'll draw a comparison here. You think it's ridiculous to spend $13,000 on a pair of sneakers, and I get it. Me personally, for the life of me. I cannot figure out the difference between a regular set of high heels and Louboutins, other than the fact that one has a red bottom. Right. But one pair of high-heeled shoes will sell for between $40 and $60, whereas the Louboutins go for $900, and they look identical. I don't understand what the difference is other than the name Louboutin on it. Yeah. Oh, do you're darn right. You're, do you have a pair of those? Have you ever spent that kind of money on shoes? You're absolutely right. No, I have a lot of different shoes, and I'll tell you why I don't bother. Because I've worn shoes from, like, friggin' Le Chateau for that $60, $70 price point you were talking about and gotten a ton of compliments. And I know that if they were Louboutins or something else, 
it would have been the same amount of compliments, if any at all. So it doesn't matter to me. And also, it just because it has that name doesn't mean it's it's, it's comfort too. You got to make sure that those heels are comfortable. So shoes like that, I don't bother. I really don't. That's just that's me. I have friends. I've got girlfriends that have spent an atrocious amount of money on shoes and purses. Mm-hmm. Purses too. Oh, Holy it's cow. dumb. It's okay, dumb, but- Scott. Like you throw your shit in it. It's like it's. I don't. I don't understand it. And I like a nice purse. Don't get me wrong. I, I love handbags. I'm a big fan. I have a. You know, I have a Michael Kors. Yeah, I'll admit. And I have a. You know, all of the a couple of designer ish purses. But I only have them because I actually like them. And some of them were also gifted to me. So I wouldn't spend that much money on stuff like that. That's just not me. Listen, uh, those handbag things, I'm not going to slag the cost of those because they get treated a lot better than shoes do, first and foremost. They also have a longer shelf life as long as you take care of them. They also have gotten a lot of guys out of the fucking doghouse. I mean, I don't know how badly you fucked up, but very seldom can you go out and buy uh, a very expensive Prada purse and not get away with whatever it is you did. Generally, it's an, (gasps) thank you. It's like your get-out-of-jail-very-expensively card. <laughs> Those purses come in handy. Yeah, they do. Just uh, lock in the location of your nearest Holt Renfrew, and, and guys, you got to pay. But you can talk yourself out of a lot of situations <laughs> when you have those. Solid. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Can we talk about some dumb criminals for a second? Yes, please. Well, this guy isn't a criminal, but he seems like an idiot. I don't know why... You would light a scented candle in your car. They have air fresheners that will do the exact same job. But a man burned his car to the ground in Florida because he was driving with a lit scented candle. Of course that happened in Florida. It makes total sense. He went over a bump. It tipped over and landed on some papers he had on the seat. The car is now a total write-off. But fortunately, nobody was hurt. Good. Again, why in the fuck were you driving with a scented candle in the car? It's an open flame, asshole. What are you doing? (laughs) So stupid. There's just too many stupid people. Uh... When you go to work, you got to be prepared, right? You get up in the morning and you think, okay, what do I need from here that I will need at the office? And the answer might be my laptop. Okay, so you grab your laptop You take it to work with you. Maybe you work in the trades and you need your tools. So you take your tools with you to work. Whatever it is that you have to bring, you take it. If your profession is breaking into other people's homes and stealing their shit, then you too need to be prepared when you go to work. And that's why these criminals are so dumb because they were completely unprepared. It is a woman and man from Pennsylvania who have been arrested Because they tried to break into a home and they did a little bit of surveillance and they thought, okay, the homeowners are gone. They're on their way to the airport. Let's break in and steal their stuff. Unfortunately, they didn't realize that there was still some people in the house. Not everybody left to go to the airport. (laughs) Great surveillance work. Oh, geez. Like this is just one of many errors in this whole thing. So they broke into the house and that's when 
the 17-year-old daughter walked downstairs and found these two strangers in her living room. And they thought to themselves, okay, well, as, as people who break into other people's homes, our job now here is to tie her up. That's what we got to do. We got to restrain that girl while we steal the shit and get out of here. They didn't bring rope. Completely unprepared for work. They didn't bring any rope to tie the people up. So what they do? They improvised. What did they have? He suggested to her, honey, take your bra off. We'll tie her up with the bra. (laughs) What the fuck? You know, I don't know if neither of them was wearing a belt. If neither of them had a drawstring in their pants. Is this a cordless home with no cords inside of it? See, that's another great improvisation, Cat. Another great one. But no, these guys didn't do it. Their first instinct was, okay, we're going to use her bra. Let's do it. Now, maybe you've thought to yourself, huh, that's not a bad idea. If I ever find myself in a scenario where I got to tie somebody up, I'll just grab a bra and do it. As it turns out, that is not a good restraining device. They say, I know. Within a, ma- <laughs> within a matter of seconds, the girl was able to untie herself and just walk out the front door over to the neighbor's house <laughs> where she called the cops who showed up and arrested these two dumb shits. Oh, my God. Stupid. God. Unbelievable. People, we're not asking you to, to, to create the perfect crime. We're just asking you to be prepared if you're going to break into somebody's house. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't light a candle in the car on their way over. <laughs> Idiots. Bunch of assholes. Uh, there's new research into the coronavirus cat that says your height may have something to do with your likelihood of catching it. They say specifically men who are over six feet tall are statistically much more likely to contract the virus than people who are shorter. Hmm. Okay, using that logic, you're basically immune then. I mean, if it's over six feet, doubles your risk of catching it. At your size, I got to think there's no way you'll ever catch it. You know, I was waiting. I was waiting for something good to come out of my height. And here it is. (laughs) Suck it. Suck it, tall people. Uh, Okay, so, okay, but when it comes to uh, studies like this one, do you ever wonder, though, did it just so happen that those people had been taller? Or do you really think there's something to this? No, I think it's generally bullshit. I think yeah. it's probably some scientists just trying to make a name for themselves. And let's keep in mind, you can skew the numbers any way you want to skew the numbers. I mean, if they grabbed 40 people and half of them were men and half of those men just happened to be six feet or taller, then it makes their study work. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. You know, along the same lines, one of the big controversies that's developing right now and another thing that's fueling so many conspiracy theories and distrust of the government and our public health officials about the coronavirus has to do with uh, what is that drug that Donald Trump was promoting for a while there? Oh, uh, not remdesivir. Remdesivir just got approved in Canada, but only if you're in the hospital and only if you're basically out of alternatives. Right. So they approved it, but it doesn't seem like they have a ton of faith in it. Because it's in a very dire situation where you can use it. Hydroxychloroquine. There it is. There it is. Yep. That's the drug that Donald Trump was talking about initially. Now, let's be honest here. Donald Trump, I don't think many people think of him as like a Rhodes Scholar. There's no way he knew about that drug before somebody who does know what they're talking about walked into his office and said, hey, we've been trying this drug that's been available for years. It's already approved. It's even available over the counter in some countries. 
that has a really good track record at treating people who have got severe uh, COVID-19. So Trump repeated what he was told. And I think because of that, they completely wrote off hydroxychloroquine. And, and I'm not here to say that this is a cure for COVID-19. But there is a group of doctors who went to Capitol Hill in Washington the other day, and they went on a big rant. They said, hey, listen, you got to stop listening to these TV doctors like Dr. Sanjay Gupta on CNN, who's never once treated a coronavirus patient. I'm a doctor in an emergency room in Houston. I've treated 350 people and zero have died. They say, they say, they did this with hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Those two things combined saved people's lives. But we've been told that, well, they did all kinds of studies and found that that drug that Trump was talking about, hydroxychloroquine, doesn't work. So that kind of makes me wonder, well, what were these studies that you guys did, apparently in record time, that found it doesn't work? I'd really like to understand more about this. And now all the video of those doctors giving that speech on the steps of the Capitol building in Washington is getting scrubbed off of the Internet. It's being taken down like crazy. And they're saying it's because they're um, they're they're giving false information. There's a study that says it doesn't work. I would like to to at least have the option to hear what those doctors say. I don't like that they're taking those videos down. And I get that they have to stop the spread of misinformation, but how do we know that that's misinformation? How do we know we're not being lied to in front of our faces in broad daylight here? Right. I'd kind of like to hear the study that that doctor did. If she really treated 350 patients and zero died, and she treated them with hydroxychloroquine and zinc, And that's kind of a study in itself. I'd like to hear a little bit more about her findings. And maybe that initiates another study to try and confirm what she's saying. Taking the stuff off the Internet, I don't know that that's necessarily helpful. But I know that there are people who watch that video. It had thousands and thousands of views before it started coming down. And now those people are very skeptical because they heard something that sounded convincing. And now the government doesn't want you to see it. Or the Facebook cops don't want you to see it. You're just just pretty much highlighting it now. Now people really want to know more. And then people have conversations like you and I are having right right now. Like, well, I don't know. I heard this doctor used it and it worked. And this doctor says she's not a pro-Trump person. She's She's not getting paid by the makers of hydroxychloroquine or anything like that. She's just a concerned doctor who doesn't want to see any more people die. And they don't need to. She's saying reopen the country right now. Uh, We don't have a vaccine yet, but we do have a cure. And it's this. So uh, take it for what it is, everybody. I'm not a doctor or or an epidemiologist or anything like that. But I, like many of you, saw that video and it was fairly compelling. And the fact that they're pulling that down, that makes me even more skeptical, to be honest with you. And it makes me wonder, well, what are they hiding? Imagine this. Just imagine this scenario. This pandemic hits. And the big drug companies are all falling all over themselves to try and be the company that creates the vaccine. And if they create the vaccine, you know it's going to be trillions of dollars. Everyone on the planet, in theory, should get two doses of it. Right. You're going to make trillions of dollars. You're set. But if they found out by accident that a drug that was approved years ago and it is available over the counter in some countries 
is just as effective while they stand to lose trillions of dollars. So would they be all in favor of promoting hydroxychloroquine? No, probably not. They would want their vaccine to come out and be the miracle cure or vaccine. So uh, that's a conspiracy theory. I admit it's a conspiracy theory, and I try and do as much reading on this stuff as I can. I certainly don't want to perpetuate any false information, but that's definitely how some people feel that there's snow in this one, A, because of Trump, and B, because it wouldn't result in that major cash windfall for whichever one of the countries and pharmaceutical companies comes up with the vaccine or the cure. Right. Well, how, and how disappointing is that to think of it? Like Even to have that thought, because you know money is a big driving force for a lot of these a lot of these companies. So it's something to think about at least. Well, you know, the corporate engine never stops working and I get it. Uh, big money behind some of these things. Finally, how are we for time? Do we have time to talk about we? Well, Can I talk about we quickly? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we have time. We appear to have been snowed here, Kat. And and when I say we appear to be snowed, um, we didn't get a lot of answers yesterday from the Kielberger brothers. They were far better prepped than I even imagined they would be. I don't know who prepped them, but they were given some pretty politician-style answers yesterday. Where they answer a question without actually answering the question, they did a lot of that yesterday. And we learned more about the inner workings. For example, that they paid out travel expenses. So when we initially heard that, for example, Margaret Trudeau was paid $250,000 for her work with the WE organization, that was plus the expenses that she got reimbursed. Imagine getting paid a quarter of a million dollars to do 38 appearances. And you don't have to pay any of your own expenses either. That was all taken care of. So what that did was it raised even more questions. Like, can we just get a freaking total on how much money you guys paid out to the Trudeau and the Morneau family? That's all we want is a total. It was funny, actually. I'll give Pierre Polyev credit because he asked them about that. And they said, well, uh, we don't know the total. We only know the average. And Polyev, uh, quite right, pointed out you can't get an average without the total. <laughs> That's how you calculate it. There's a numerator and a denominator. <laughs> right. The numerator is the total. We just need to know how much. What did So did we find out if anyone else got paid? Like aside from I know Morneau and Trudeau family, was there anyone else who got paid or had expenses paid or anything like that? Uh, there definitely was, but I mean, the parliamentary committee is only looking into the links between the finance minister and the prime minister, and if there's any other ministers out there that had dealings with them, them as well. Because really, at the end of the day, it just comes down to how did this almost billion dollar contract go to we? And why is Margaret Trudeau and Trudeau's brother getting paid by we when they've got bona fide celebrities who aren't getting paid anything? And, and why was Margaret Trudeau brought in only after Justin became prime minister? None of her we appearances were prior to him becoming PM. There's okay. a lot of things here that don't add up. And that's asking questions. And you know what? Uh, Sterling on my Facebook this morning, he actually asked a question that I wasn't expecting. He said, I've heard about this we stuff. But I don't really understand it. Can you explain it to me in plain and simple terms? And I'd never thought of it like that. But maybe there are people who have heard this wee scandal and they see all the fighting on Twitter about it and stuff like that. But they don't know what it is. So I'm going to do my best to in 30 seconds, maybe 40, explain what the wee scandal is and why people should care. Okay. And then I'll I'll, okay. this will be good because honestly, Scott, I'm wrestling with whether I give a shit enough. 
Like, I, yeah. whether I just think this is something we just need to go, like, fine, just move, move along. And, and you know what? I mean, we're yeah. in a pandemic. We should be worried about the pandemic. Um, okay, the reason that we're in this problem is because of the pandemic. And here's why. When the pandemic hit, everybody was getting all kinds of money. Uh, the CERB was paid out and the wage subsidy and the rent subsidy. And there was a senior subsidy and all sorts of stuff. But there was nothing for students. So what Trudeau and the liberals wanted to do, and it's not a terrible idea, they wanted to create a grant program where kids can earn money for their post-secondary if they volunteer in their community. Now, this is just like the Canada Summer Jobs Program that's already run by our public service. But not exactly, because the public service tries to find people actual jobs. In fact, if you hire a student in the summertime, in a lot of cases, your company will get a big grant from the government just for hiring a student. That's right. They basically are giving you the money for that student. So you're getting free work. Right. Yeah. So for whatever reason, they price this thing at almost a billion dollars, $912 million to hand out these up to $5,000 grants to make students work for free all summer. Okay. They decided that even though the public service has already is already running a program like this, they're not capable of running the volunteer side of it. So they're going to award it to a charity. And here's the scandal part, everybody, because so far everything there is on the up and up. Fine. It was a sole sourced contract, meaning it's not like they said we need five chair or we need some charities to submit us a proposal. It's not like that. They just said we we is the best company to administer this and just handed them the contract for almost a billion dollars. So why at that point didn't that get looked into just just solely because the government said so and because they're running the country, that's it. There was no it didn't go through anybody else. There's no like, okay, it's got to get approval and let's go through this process. Why can they just hand that over and say, yep, this is it. And that's the final choice. And that's that. We're in a pandemic and we're under emergency orders. That gives the government various uh, certain powers that they will certainly take advantage of. And so they did it. They awarded this to we. And in in all fairness, that's when people started asking questions because people know. Wait a second. I've seen the Trudeaus at a lot of We Day events. I I, I know that Bill Morneau, the finance minister's daughter, works for We. Something's fishy about that. So they started doing a little bit of homework on this. And that's where the scandal broke out. Trudeau was asked by a reporter, did you recuse yourself from the cabinet decision to award that contract to the WE charity that we know you have ties to through your family? And he said, no, I didn't uh, recuse myself. He should have. So when you're awarding that kind of money, you should not vote on that. You should abstain from the decision. Even if you participate in the discussion, you should abstain from the vote. He didn't do that. Then we found out the finance minister didn't abstain from that either. So now you've got two very the two most senior ministers in the country, the prime minister and finance minister, who both voted to give this nine hundred million dollar contract to we and for the we how they were spending the money. It's very questionable. In just a couple of months, they stood to make like close to 50 million dollars profit. And there were things in their provisions that they didn't really have to track timesheets and stuff like that. The whole thing was just ripe with opportunity to squander taxpayers' money. Okay, so the recusing thing, like I, I get it. I get why that's an issue. Like they should have known. Hey, we've got I've got a little bit of a personal tie here. Anytime you have that as a politician, you probably know. Let me back away and let me let other people decide on this one. That again, it, it, it's a flagrant it, violation of the ethics laws. Okay. But could it be that we actually was the proper place for this to for this um, 
to to go to happen through could it be that we is actually the choice that should be made and that they are the best to run this particular program well, it's uh, one of those things where the liberals feel that way because they have that tie through the prime minister and the finance minister. And I hear there's a few more, too, that we don't know about publicly yet. But anyway, um, they certainly feel that way, that this is the best. And maybe there's other people out there who would agree with that. However, um, that's not the point. The point is, A, we've already got an entire department in the government that we're paying millions of dollars to to run that. And they're the best situated to do it. They already work for us and they're, they've already got the infrastructure in place. So whether we was or wasn't qualified to do it is kind of irrelevant because uh, the Salvation Army might have been a charity that wanted to get involved and submit a bid on that. There might have been a private company that wanted to submit a bid and maybe they could have done it for half the price. It's possible that uh, – Uh, there's any number of companies that probably could have submitted a bid, but we'll never know whether or not their bid was better than what we's was, because I believe we already had a proposal ready to go when they got the call from the government. Mm -hmm. It was ready to go. They phoned and said, hey, are you interested in this? Sure. We'll fire you off a proposal because it was already done. And now a suggestion is it was Charlie Angus, the critic on the NDP that pointed out to them, if you were all it really seems here like you were lobbying the government back in April. Number 1, you're not a registered charity lobby. You have to be a registered lobbyist to lobby the government. That's part of the rules, and you guys are not. And it also seems like you floated this plan by the government in that you came up with the idea, not the liberals. So the liberals really just gave you permission to do your own idea without putting it out to competition. Hmm. And that's part of the problem. If we have a a road that needs to be built through Mississauga, the different construction companies will all submit bids. The lowest bidder, the person who can do it the fastest, uh, one will get selected based on whatever the government is looking for there. And it's not always the lowest bid. Sometimes it is who can get it done faster or who can use better technology. We'll never know if they just hand it to their friends. I don't know. I and just that's feel, how it seems. Yeah, and I feel like this shit's done all the time, though. Like, absolutely, at this in this point, if this is the case, maybe they got caught doing it. But I, this shit happens all the fucking time. It just so happens that someone was able to call them out on it, and we're figuring it out. I'm still, honestly, after all, knowing all of this, I'm still wondering if it's a big enough deal. Like, yeah, absolutely. If if it's a little bit sketchy, then you know what? It's over for we, and that maybe that, that like that really sucks. I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about we. All I know is from you know a media point of view of we. To be honest with you, because we started up, you know, I I don't think I was in school at the time. Maybe I was in college if that. But I knew of we in that as a from a media perspective. So really, it didn't make a, it doesn't make a difference to me. I just I'm not sure if this is going to be if this is it. Oh fuck! Well, you're fucked now. I don't I don't think it's going to be that. This isn't it. This isn't the hill they're going to die on if they're going to die on one. This is the finance minister's second ethics violation and the prime minister's third. Mm-hmm. To put it in perspective, the finance min- or no finance minister before Morneau has ever been convicted <laughs> and no prime minister before Trudeau has ever been convicted. Trudeau's been convicted twice and he's already admitted he did this one. So that'll be the third time. And really what bugs me the most as a dad with two kids in university is where is the fucking money? This was supposed to have been started a month and a half ago, so students had the summer to volunteer and earn up to $5,000 for their tuition. Well, here we are. It's August long weekend, and we don't have a plan. So you know what's going to have to happen now is they're going to have to just 
hand $5,000 to all these students. It's the only way to do it. They've got to just give the money to these kids without any volunteer work because they dangled it in front of them and then they had to take it away. And all of this could have been avoided if they had just followed the rules. Maybe we was the perfect choice for it. We'll never know because they didn't put it out for competition. They just handed the contract over. Right. And that I don't that understand is, why we wanted fair. to make 50 million taxpayer dollars. Sure. Let me point out, by the way, you might not know this yet because your kids are not of school age. However, as a parent, I've sent a ridiculous amount of money to school over the years, elementary and high school mm-hmm. with the kids for different wee day shit. Sure. Oh, we is trying to build a well in Africa or we is trying to do this and that. And they're going overseas to protect this animal and that animal, blah, blah, blah. I've had to donate to so many different we things over the years. And I'd like to know how much money schools have paid to the we charity. And if any of that was influenced at all, who told those schools, you know what? Choose we as your charitable partner. Was that influenced by anybody? And if so, it seems like these Kielberger brothers have made millions upon millions upon millions of dollars out of Canada. They're basically using us as an ATM. And what are we getting in return for that other than one event once a year at Scotiabank Arena and one event once a year at uh, Scotiabank Center and another event once a year out in Halifax? What are we getting for all the money that they've taken from us because i really don't see it so yeah uh, i hear what you're saying all, all issues that people should consider and you know what if you weigh the issues and think nah, it still doesn't matter i don't care that's fine that's totally fine uh maybe you think hey, you know what this is bad it's really really fucking bad but i like justin trudeau so i'm gonna stand by him in this totally up to you but at least know the information. Yeah, and that's I think what we just came need, out yesterday. I think we just need to be fair on it. Like, I think that there has to be, a, is there not a rule set in place? Like, I mean, you mentioned may, there's other charities. Let's say, whatever. Uh, UNICEF had a, has a great one that, that, that could have taken it over. Okay. So is there no rule set in place right now that they could have pitched just as well as we should have pitched? Or because the government is the government, they get to say and do whatever they want. No one even knew they were going to do this. Okay. They just announced the See, plan and announced we was going to do it. Of all of the things, to be honest with you, all the other shit I don't care about. I, I but that that bothers me because it should be a fair pitch. It should be an open pitch to any Canadian-based companies that are able to do it. Should be able to pitch and get fairly. It should be a fair choice. That's important to me for sure. Okay, everybody, that's all we've got for now. If you want to watch the Kielberger Brother testimony, you can see all of it at scottandcat.ca. That's also where you can find our top trending stories. There's a lot of good shit on there today. Check it out. And, oh, by the way, sorry we didn't do a podcast yesterday. So we, we didn't do a Tuesday, but we are doing a Wednesday, and we will have more coming out right through to the long weekend. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.